Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about social media. Sorry, pause. Yeah, I just, just heard. This. Yeah, I just heard a little doorway creak. Is that code yeah, two uh, entering? No, it's my obnoxious neighbors above me uh, um, who seem to be working out at all times. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pandemic goals. They're trying to get their pandemic bod. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would if they're not. If they don't both have six packs or eight packs or I don't know, then I'm going to be disappointed in them because they certainly yeah. <laughs> bother their neighbors enough to have that. At least they should have the reward for all their Yeah. Maybe villainous. they're fitness influencers. It's possible. It's possible they're on social media all day. They just go shift for shift and there's a whole cacophony of trainers up there because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> that, that I'm like, kind of like, oh, now, now here's the heavy step uh, jumping exercise. Yep. Um, Here's the lean down and punch the floor exercise. <laughs> I'm kind of worried that we're those neighbors because um, Rocky, our dog, is really afraid of thunder. And he will just pace with like his little toes, like clickety clacketing in circles for like two hours if there's thunder. And I'm like, I really hope our neighbors can't hear this, like, or, you know, down, down a floor neighbor, you know, but. I think about it a lot do? and I'm racked with guilt, but then again, whatever. He's a dog. At least he doesn't bark. So <laughs> Exactly. And then if you feel really bad, you can always just distract yourself with social media. Exactly. Exactly. So Chris, um, let me distract you with a question. On a scale of one to scrolling into oblivion, how are you feeling today, anxiety wise? So feeling pretty good actually. Um the last couple of weeks really have been pretty solid. I'm doing a lot of things I'm interested in. And yeah, I just kind of like, feels like whenever there's potential for there to be like a lull and for me to slip back into a little bit more anxiety, I get uh, some piece of news or some nudge, which makes me kind of picks me back up. And, and I don't know whether that's just because my mindset is just geared towards uh, propping up some of those positive things as opposed to negative things. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, for for one, um, I guess a lot of people on here won't necessarily know me first as a travel writer, but I did, uh, this is just my humble brag of the episode, but I did win uh, Best Travel Blog from the Travel Media Association of Canada last week. Congratulations. Um, so, and also just you. one humble brag. Chris, come on. Yeah, no. You're going to squeeze not in one, one or two more. That's true. That's true. Let's all be <laughs> reasonable here. And uh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, but they'll be humble. They'll still be they humble. They will be humble, though. Yeah, You're incapable humble. of whole out bragging. It's always, yeah, it's not always got to be a little out. humble. I, yeah. I mean, it'll be veiled in humility. Come on. Yeah. So anyways, that was, a, that was really exciting. And I think that was a big pick me up. But at the same time, um, I think I've just been pretty good at like not getting too high or too low. I mean, the day that I got the announcement, like I watched it live and I was really excited by it. But 
with anxiety for me, I try to make sure that no piece of news or event one way or the other is going to sway me too high or too low. Of course, there are, you know, certain things which would, would are just going to do that, that are, you know, large life events or whatever. Like, hopefully, you know, you're excited about your marriage, uh, your wedding day for more than like four hours. But <laughs> in general, I try to maintain some equilibrium. So I think I've been pretty good at that for the last couple of weeks. And I, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I've been spending a lot more time outside. So really, I've been busy today and balancing a whole bunch of stuff. I don't think it's really been anxious. It's more just been like caffeinated and motivated. Again, the same feeling of like wishing I could clone myself because <laughs> um, I, I, there's so many things I want to be doing, but I, it turns out you have to do things one at a time, Alice, and it's really unfair. Yeah, that's really not a good life hack. No, I know. One at a time. Well, you know what, which is better than the classic ADHD move of starting one task and starting another. And, and then at the end of the day, you have like 14 unfinished things. So yeah, I'm familiar with that. Indeed, indeed. So <laughs> so I'm happy I'm at least taking things one at a time. So the long, very, very long answer to your question <laughs> is probably really like a like a one or a two. I, I, I'm feeling pretty good today, which is great, because the last couple episodes have been in a good spot. And I think the two episodes before that, uh, not so good, to be honest with you. So this, uh, this is good. But uh, the question has to be reversed. Not in order, but just to you. Um, <laughs> Can you try reversing it in order? Oblivion into scrolling. Feel how yeah. you. <laughs> that was actually pretty close. That was pretty close. I was going to take a stab at it, but I think you've got it. Um, so on that on that scale that you just mentioned in reverse with your. <laughs> parcel tongue uh whatever was going on there can you uh can you let me know from zero to I, what did we say scrolling into oblivion yeah i couldn't even say it forward oblivion so into you'll... scrolling i mean yeah, indeed. if you're gonna oblivion to scrolling, scrolling into oblivion uh where are you put your thing on... down flip it and reverse it missy elliott style i, I do you not know I missy elliott of course i do Okay. Okay. But, I was just like, yeah. "Oh my god, this silence is so uncomfortable." Do you not know who she who she is? <laughs> Can you imagine? I think like what there's a chance a you, you would just end it right there, right? You just like think I would end it because I'd more feel sorry for you. You know, like that's not like oh you, you did something hateful. It's just like oh wow, you really don't know that video. Like that video was like one of the best things about living in the nineties. Yeah, I mean, I do remember that it was like a. I remember being uh, an adolescent and relatively confused about the connotations of it, uh, yeah. but I I do remember that I couldn't help but like jiggling a little bit, uh, but uh, not enough to draw attention to myself. Also, I just realized, and by realized, I mean Google. That was actually released in two thousand two. I realized nineties didn't feel quite right. So apologies, yeah, Missy Elliott, for dissing yeah, your opus. I was going to call you out. I was going to call you on that anyway, so you're fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, um, I'm doing okay. Um, if I had to put a number on it, let's say a three. I had wow. two really bad anxiety days, Saturday, Sunday. Um, there was just like that sensation that my body was like literally writhing with anxiety with no stated purpose or <laughs> impetus for the anxiety, just, you know snake intestines for no reason um which is always fun and i don't know just um 
I had to give up coffee because I'm just having a lot of digestive issues with like alcohol and coffee and basically anything fun that gives your life meaning in quarantine. (laughs) Um, So I've been um, off of coffee and switching to tea, which is not an acceptable substitution. That is not like a one for one trade. While I do like tea, it's just like a totally different entity. And so I'm like really missing that buzz and it's given me like a big lifelessness sensation where I just feel sort of like I'm muddling through water all the time, but also still somehow anxious. So, you know, it's, it's a weird grab bag of things, but yeah, my chronic pain hasn't really let up. So that's been a ongoing frustration. And last week I had, um, my dog had some health issues that were really scary, but um, today he's finally like back to his old self. It seems like his fever has gone down and he's on the medications and on the right path. So like everything is getting better after a shit storm of a week. So like mm-hmm. I feel fine today. That's why I'm giving myself a three. But like I wanted to still complain about my week. So there you mm-hmm. go. <laughs> totally fair. Yeah, totally fair. I yeah. think that's and sometimes um, the the number you give is really just something we've talked about uh, something we consider is like that anxiety can often be kind of a, an endless amount of peaks and valleys and so sometimes when we're in that valley you're kind of looking back at the peak and you're like well you know what like i'm not great but i'm not on the top of that mountain right now you know or, or i guess it depends how you look at the metaphor if you want to be if valley <laughs> or peak is good but uh you know it's it sometimes well i think probably everybody in some way the the way that we gauge how we're feeling today is based on yesterday right or the or the day before mm-hmm. or the week before that so yeah it's, oh, hard it's to only look at it's only natural without it like without context like every day kind of bleeds a little bit into the next especially in quarantine when sometimes days literally bleed into the next and you're like where where am i what day is this and also I'm trying to be cognizant when I give my answers that I'm giving my a scale of like my actual anxiety and not just like how I feel because I think for people mm. with anxiety they sometimes feel as if everything is attributable to your anxiety but a lot of the time anxiety is just like one factor in a bunch of other factors that contribute to your overall feeling like if you imagine like a lot of different dials you know you can have all sorts of sensations and feelings and anxiety is like but one of those dials so even though like my mood is pretty shitty today and I'm just feeling a bit low my anxiety is nowhere near high so like I'm kind of differentiating between that and that's something that I don't know if I would have done in the past I would have just assumed that all bad feelings are anxiety related because it's such a you know prominent feature of my life but I think that it's important to at least like give name to the feelings that we're feeling. I don't know if that actually does anything, but I think it does. Yeah, that's honestly a great point because I would say even probably the first five episodes, my ratings were probably not necessarily just related to my anxiety, but probably more like more like responding to the question you mentioned, which is like, how are you doing today? Yeah. And I think probably spending a you know, cumulative 15 hours over the past couple months here, just actually looking at the things that trigger my anxiety and what my anxiety actually consists of is, is um, better enabling me to 
compartmentalize things and and look at okay so that's anxiety and that's not and that's this and that's that um and it seems like from the response we continue to get from listeners uh, you'll notice i didn't accidentally call them readers there uh, <laughs> good the, the well res- done res- thank you 14 episodes in and you finally realize that we have listeners good done Indeed. Good. i yeah. just said good done instead of good work wow that's okay <laughs> I feel like that was a classic <laughs> moment for us as a duo. It was. It was. <laughs> good done. Um, good done. Good good done. Good done. At least so, when we yeah. sell merch, we'll have like a really wide variety of Allisonisms to choose from. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, and I don't know what the Chrisisms would be just yet, but I'm sure they're they're there somewhere. I, I was we'll sitting probably... on the beach reading Kierkegaard, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of them. There'll be, there'll be, there'll be something. I there'll probably be something making fun of my obsession with time, right? Yeah, the time, yeah. like the time is now or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just want to make sure that they that it it came across as at least somewhat making fun of me and not too like Tony Robbinsy. I want to oh, make yeah, sure that no. it wasn't fully serious. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now that we've summed up kind of how we're doing, do you want to get into the meat of the episode? Talk about social media? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing that I think is worth bringing up is just that you and I might have a different relationship to social media than a lot of people. And that's Mm -hmm. not to say that uh, we use it any more or less, though I would assume probably a little bit more. It's more just that uh, both of us, based on the area we are in our, our career in some way or at least one aspect of our careers uh, it's somewhat based on on being able to use social media and and that would just be because we both have one aspect of what we do is is having a travel website and so i don't think anyone's going to be confused by how social media can help amplify a website and yeah. that's something we've done um and and for me personally, I, I don't want to speak too much in the in the we pronoun, but for for me personally, I know that I have a different relationship to every social media platform, and I do, I think probably more than than you, I, I really leverage social media as part of my brand or to showcase who I am, especially when it comes to Twitter. And I think if anyone follows me on Twitter, they'll know what I mean there because I'm pretty active on it. I love engaging with people, but something we're going to talk a lot about here is that we both feel differently about different social media platforms. We both um, probably get a different response as it relates to anxiety from different social media platforms. And we'll kind of go through that in general. I'm trying to figure out the best way to word it, but I think because something we talked about before we started recording is probably what I wanted to touch upon, which is that so much of what we're going to talk about with social media depends on not just the platform you're using, but how you're using the platform. And so it's really, I just want to be careful not to say like, to to put up this like big banner on this episode, being like waving a finger and being like, social media is bad because there are some aspects of it that can be helpful for anxiety and a lot of aspects which can be damaging, but it's really all about the way in which you approach it. And I think something we'll get into pretty heavily in this is really just being intentional and noting how you're using it, because I think a lot of the difficulty with social media in particular comes from when it starts to become like an addiction, like like cigarettes or something else, right? Where it's like, I'm not currently doing something, I wanna do something, um, and then your go-to response is to open Instagram and scroll into oblivion. Yeah, 
Definitely. And like as someone who's traveled alone quite a bit, it was always sort of my my comfort habit is when I didn't have anything to do, it was take out my phone, start scrolling social media, just so like I didn't look like a person with nothing to do out in the world, as if that's like the most horrible thing to be. And it is similar in a way to like, I used to smoke cigarettes in the past. And it is sort of that same sort of void filling compulsion. Um, Obviously, the actions are very different. There's a physical element to one and not the other. But I think the fact that for me, it was always like, when I smoked, it was because I had a lot of anxiety. And I didn't know what to do with myself. So smoking a cigarette gave me like a five to 10 minute window where I was focused theoretically on one activity, even while my brain was still going haywire, at least I was physically doing one thing. And I think social media kind of scratches the same itch in a way, in that it gives you that like quick hit of like dopamine and whatever other brain chemicals go off. I'm not a neuroscientist. Not yet. Not (laughs) yet. Not yet, guys, but it's coming. 2021 neuroscience. Here I come. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think it does give you sort of that that avoidance mechanism that is kind of a hallmark of other like vices and addictions. And it's definitely been one of the hardest things for me to kick the habit of is my social media intake. I don't post on social media a lot. And I think that is large part because of anxiety, um, not really knowing how I want to show up in the online space. uh, Because I'm pretty actually okay with who I am like offline and like, not at all speaking about my my business brands, but just like my personal brand of sarcasm and self deprecation and all that. But I don't really know how to really translate that into like my online presence. It just doesn't feel natural to me. But Mm. also being like a hyper positive hype woman does not at all jive with me either. And I've never really found my footing on social media as a um, now speaking about myself, like in the brand slash company sense. I run a travel blog. So in some way, you kind of have to make your personality branded, which is an incredibly bizarre phenomenon that only this century could could really see in that to this extent I guess I mean I guess celebrity has always branded themselves in their own way but I guess just the way that like random people like me like are able to just kind of brand themselves it's a bit bizarre and it can be kind of anxiety inducing and I don't even think it's I think that everyone in a way kind of brands themselves I don't think that that's necessarily specific to running a business or making money off your social media presence. Um, But I think that almost everyone in some way is sort of branding themselves to show a certain light on social media. And that's not like a a negative thing that I'm saying. It's just sort of factual is you you do decide what to put out in there. Like, are you going to be like a sparkle emoji good vibes or are you going to be like a meme monster like I am? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, it is fast. I think you brought up a lot of good points there. And I think for me, 
it, it's been interesting to try it because my my personal brand and professional brand aren't really that they're not really that far apart, right? I mean, mm-hmm. my my social media channels, especially especially like my traveling Mitch channels, it's really just me, you know. Yeah. Um, and and so like especially on Twitter, like nobody will be confused if they go to any of my channels on Instagram or whatever, and and see like no one would be like, oh, that's the, not the guy I'm listening to on social media, or oh, sorry, on uh, I'm actually about. But on my other channels, it's a little different, right? Like I have an, a website on Ontario and, and and that's probably not the space I'm going to go as deep and personal into, right? I'm more, but but the purpose of that is that I'm trying to showcase a province, travel in a province, right? So yeah. there's a different objective there. Whereas I feel like actually my biggest strength, particularly with you know Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that, uh, is just that I actually am just kind of myself. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I've spoken at conferences and stuff about brand authenticity and that kind of stuff, because I think that's paid dividends for me, but it can be anxiety inducing only if you don't know yourself that well, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying that it's not anxiety inducing. Like if you know yourself, you're like, Oh, thank you. Well, that was anxious until this moment. Um, but I think that, that I guess the, the main thing that I would say is that there are so many pressures with social media, as far as like, look like this, be that, do this, do that. And really, I feel like in order for social media to not be a terribly anxiety inducing experience for you you have to be unapologetically yourself and just let the people who you know aren't interested in following you go ahead and unfollow you right like no no one has an obligation to follow you and it's much better if you are you are just yourself and like you just come out and you're like listen i am just going to tell the world i am obsessed with anime who's with me (laughs) you know and you'll find you know your seven or eight people who are like you know, insert name. That is awesome. I'm so into this. And the people who aren't into it can go, go off into the forest and just screw off, you know, but I think that there's also the problem with social media is that there for, and I think the reason why it can be anxiety inducing is because we all know those people who live on social media to tear people down. And, and so that's why you put something out there and you just think, Oh, I hope one of these people doesn't come tear people down, doesn't come at me. But you just have to try and build up a little bit of that not give a shit muscle, but that's so much easier said than done. Yeah. And, and I would be lying, you know, I, I'm always careful about speaking from the perspective of being a fully formed person. I've gained these perspectives through mistakes and hardship. And now I feel comfortable talking with some confidence about it. But I, I try not to speak in definites because there's no doubt that sometimes I post something Particularly some of the posts I was like doing, you know, around Black Lives Matter, this, that, and the other, there were certain things that I wanted to say that I knew there'd be some people who, I don't know, it didn't, they didn't align with it or whatever, but it felt like a personal uh, mission that I, that I had to say certain things. And I don't think that, uh, you know, I'm in a bit of a unique position. You are too. In this case, I'm not saying that all listeners should be like, it's time for me to take my stand. Like, I don't think it, it is for everybody, but I, I guess my overarching point is that if you are going to be on social media, I would really take the time to just make sure that your social media profile reflects who you are, because it's it's really difficult to, to be on 10 different social media platforms, which are all different fragmentations of yourself, none of which are true to yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have struggled with that, like, throughout pretty much my whole career in blogging. So like 
most of my anxiety around social media is um, centered around Instagram. We're going to talk a little bit about a study on social media during this episode, mm-hmm. but um, surprise, surprise, Instagram is rated the worst social media for mental health. And I can definitely relate to that. And anyway, when I first started my blogging journey, I really thought that I had to post a certain kind of photo, which is, you know, girl in a nice outfit looking into the yonder, essentially, you know, and it was like I was traveling alone. So these were like incredibly staged tripod photos. I had like read guides on like how to take photos of yourself. And it was just like I felt like I was missing so many moments because I was like oh I need to get a photo of this what if I don't have a photo of me here what if I don't have a photo of me doing this and then who will know that I've ever been here you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was sort of an obsession and I was really obsessed with getting the right photos for like I don't know six months or maybe a year because I had started to see some success on Instagram I was doing pretty well getting like tons of likes and comments and this is back when it was actually like easy to grow on Instagram. Like <laughs> yeah, now, it was less sleazy. Yeah. Now it's like borderline impossible. And that was actually a little bit of a gift in disguise because failing on Instagram all of a sudden, even though I was still, I was actually taking like more and more beautiful photos and like getting a lot better, but like Instagram changed a lot of its algorithmic algorithmic stuff. Um, did I say Instagram or Facebook right now? My brain is wow. Instagram. Okay. (laughs) So Instagram started changing uh, a lot of their algorithms and making it really hard for users to get seen without, you know, playing a lot of dirty tricks behind the scenes. So I was taking all these beautiful photos that were getting zero, like, you know, engagement. And it was really upsetting me. And then I sort of thought to myself, why do I even care? Why do I even care about these photos? Do they give me any joy? No. Are they helping me with my business? Actually not. They really weren't super, super important to my business. And once I start stopped focusing on Instagram, and started focusing on my website, like my income soared. And this is not to say this is how it works for everyone. A lot of people make bank off social media and really enjoy it and get super creative it's really awesome to see really awesome creators just like doing super cool things like a mutual friend of yours and mine, Chris, Megan Indo and Scott Herter of Bobo and Chi Chi. They are an example of like two influencers who really know social media, can use it super well, create incredible um, content that's really visually interesting and creative, like hyperlapses and interesting loop and be true to themselves right like they're very true to themselves yeah yeah and that's a huge part of their business model and they're freaking awesome at it so i'm not trying to denigrate people or say that that's a bad business strategy i'm just trying to say that for me my heart wasn't in it it wasn't true to myself and that's why it didn't work because i was mm-hmm. trying to make myself fit this mold of you know the influencer girl with with her hand on her hat so it won't flow off into the wind flow <laughs> off fly off jesus christ english and me are having some issues tonight <laughs> but that just wasn't who i who i am and i don't know whether it was 
just people seeing that or if it was the algorithm changing or a bit of both. But that was sort of the like permission I needed to be like, fuck it. This actually isn't the social media for me. This isn't what I enjoy. This isn't how I want to build my business. And it let me think in a new way. And I think a lot of the time failure is permission to do things differently. And I try to look at things like that. Like when COVID-19 really cemented itself as not just like a passing news headline, but something that we were going to be dealing with for months and months and months. I failed a lot. (laughs) Uh, My business really fell to the ground because no one was traveling. But I tried to look at the failure as an opportunity, started this podcast, started some other websites, started some other creative ventures that I hadn't been paying attention to. And while I'm still like, you know, Definitely haven't rebuilt myself financially or emotionally from COVID-19. I do think I did successfully use it as an opportunity to like explore new things. And I think Mm -hmm. that's all we can really ask of ourselves when we fail or not even necessarily fail, but do something to a lesser degree than we had hoped, you know? Yeah, definitely. You said a lot of things there that I think will... Yeah, resonate. sorry, that was a real, real no, no, it's good. It was a good rambler of a, of a. No, it was a good tangent. It was a good tangent because <laughs> it's something we're both passionate about, and I feel the same. One thing you you mentioned, I think we have to just trust our instincts. You know, it can be difficult with anxiety because sometimes you feel flooded with emotions, and part of our job with anxiety is to like take a deep breath and figure out, okay, what do I actually feel about this? What's a flight or fight response? Uh, like a flight, yeah. What what is a Um, flight or flight flight response (laughs) and what is my true emotion in this and for me meditation helps with all that kind of stuff as I said I like Twitter because there's not a there's not a photo attached to it which you know I find photos can when there's always a pressure to put a photo with it like I love showcasing my photography on traveling Mitch and all that kind of stuff I think that's good fun but the problem is when you post something and then you refresh every 20 minutes to see how many likes it's got. <laughs> like that, the problem with social media for me is when you, when it stops being about showcasing who you are and it starts becoming about validating yourself. And so that's what we need to be careful of. And, and I also think you're absolutely right on the money when you talk about making sure that social media doesn't take away from some, certain moments. There's this great scene in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which is a movie I really like. And it's at the end where... Walter is like trying to track down this famous photographer who's like basically in like the most remote spot ever to get this photo of, I think, I don't know, some animal. I can't remember the exact specifics, but he has the camera all set and the animal shows up like right at this moment and he has the opportunity to snap the photo. And instead he just looks up and takes in the moment. And I, like Walter Mitty is like, why did you take the photo? And he's like, you know, because some things like we need to take the time to remember ourselves, right? And mm-hmm. there is this question I sometimes ask myself, which is just like, you know, if you're if you're constantly thinking about the fact of like, well, who will know this happened? Well, yeah. it turns out it turns out you will know because <laughs> we have something called memory. Yeah. And you know, nowadays I think we get we can get caught in this sort of notion of like, well, it's good to take a picture of everything so that we can look back on it. But when you do that all the time, you end up with this catalog of a hundred million thousand photos. And you never really want to go back down there because that that in itself is anxiety inducing. But like yeah. it turns out we, we can reflect back on a memory if we take the time to let it settle in. And like 
that's why I'm like big on like just taking a deep breath sometimes and taking mm-hmm. things in because that's really how we form memories, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just a random aside is earlier, um, there was like a really big rainstorm and I love rainstorms, like as long as I'm inside, but, um, I just love them. And I took a video for my mom and then I was like, cause my mom's like really obsessed with crazy weather. Like my mom, like she loves hurricanes, tornadoes, all sorts of craziness. She's just like, she has this like morbid fascination with them. So I took a video for her, but then I was like, let me just sit down and watch this rainstorm for like a minute and just like watch it. And that was really actually kind of hard for me to do, but I was happy that I did it. So just side note, I liked that. <laughs> nice. I yeah, also sorry. just one, no, not at all. One other, th- I, this, it's my time for a diatribe. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing it's I want to mention. my time to be deep. <laughs> yeah, I, I get to be deep now. It's, it's, it's funny too, because I noticed as the episodes go on, we're like, much more cognizant of like sharing to make this helpful probably like eight episodes ago episodes ago we're just like probably just like laugh laugh and like i think i like the way this is progressing i hope people aren't like bored to smithereens right now but um (laughs) i'd like to think we're getting we're getting helpful and keeping it fun still we got uh but either way i'm gonna go forward with it so whatever um but (laughs) so anyways yesterday i was reading I read like a couple of books yesterday um, and humble brag number two. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I was reading, I really, I read fail, fail again, fail better by Pema Chodron, which is just, it's literally her 2014 college address to her daughter at Naropa or sorry, her granddaughter at Naropa university. Mm-hmm. And she talks about just like, if we have that attitude, like that failure is, a really just opportunity for learning and stuff. We're just not so scared to jump into that void. And she mentioned James Joyce, who's one of my favorite authors. I love um, him too. I had a cat named Joyce and he was a boy. So it confused a lot of people, but he was a little orange cat with a little white goatee and his name was Joyce. R.A.P. So Joyce. This, this, we can crack that up to why Allison and Chris get along moments because <laughs> I didn't know that. But the fact that you had a cat named after James Joyce, it really puts a a big heart around our friendship. Cause I'm like, yeah. this makes sense. I went on a trip to Dublin where I just followed James Joyce's footsteps everywhere. Oh my God. Me too. We're so such I was, little nerds. I know. And, uh, and I was on O'Connell street where, where like I sat down in the spot where he's purported to have written the Dubliners and I think read I went the, there too. I went to, and did you go to Eckley's street, the little door at the James Joyce museum? Uh huh, and then I fought, and then after that I went to I think was it Saint Stephen's Green? I can't remember exactly, but that's where the Oscar Wilde um, statue is that you can sit beside. I, I had the best literary time there. Me um, too. It was yeah. so nerdy and wonderful. Yes. Well, this is lovely. Everyone's just like, uh, can you please get back on topic? Yeah. Please? <laughs> People are just uh, like skipping ahead ten seconds or whatever. <laughs> just like, come on. <laughs> Get back to it. Not so what everyone I was majored s- in English and wasting yeah. their time. <laughs> exactly. So what I was going to say was that jo- like she references Joyce in this speech and talks about how, like, really, if you think about it, mistakes are the, are the portal of discovery. And one thing she keeps coming up on again and again is like, we can't really make a value judgment on, you know, mistakes and so on and so forth, because we never know where something will lead. Right. Mm-hmm. So, nice, yeah. 
Anyways, um, I thought that was that was interesting. But now that we've gone uh, at least mildly off topic, I was going to bring it back, unless you wanted to respond to that. Nope, all good. Go ahead okay. and shift the topic a bit. Okay, I shall shift. So the, what I was what I was going to mention was just that I think something that I'm cognizant of and that we want to make sure we bring up is that when we were talking about something like Instagram and I think it's pretty easy to ascertain like, okay, so this is like, I, for me, I had a really, I had a real problem with Instagram because I couldn't find the authenticity in things. And I eventually found like a lot of the posts that I was seeing, not, not from friends particularly, but from brands and so on and so forth, were just like large scale replications of each other. And yeah. so it's a huge echo chamber, especially with influencers. Exactly. Right. And then it's like, everyone feels like they have to fit into this mold. And I have a real problem with that because I feel like it's such a shame when people, I think of it as wasted creativity. All these people with great ideas are forced into this really poor mold. And I'm happy I didn't, you know, I tried not to fall into that, but I did want to say that there was a, in this time magazine article I was reading, they were talk. There was a, uh, I want to say it's a psychologist, uh, Brian, uh, Marion Underwood, who has done a number of studies and something that she mentioned about, you know, how we can use social media kind of for the better is, is really just to look for communities. She says, look for communities, look for support, look for things that are uplifting in your social media activities. If it's making you feel bad, stop it. And I think that's a, an important point, right? Yeah. And I would also just like to say, like, things that make you feel bad aren't even necessarily things that are like, obviously negative. But even just people who live these like insufferably perfect lives, you should probably just unfollow them if they make you feel like shit. Like I (laughs) and I should take my own advice here because there are still a couple people I follow, who I follow them because they're incredibly talented and have beautiful photography. But when I watch their Instagram stories, I end up feeling like a tub of lard with zero motivation (laughs) or impulse (laughs) to do anything because they're like waking up at the crack of dawn, taking hikes, catching the sunset every single day. And I'm just like, where, where, where is this energy coming from? Like, are, are you on cocaine? Like, what, what is, where is this coming from? Like as someone who suffers from like a form of depression where it really just impacts my energy levels almost all the time. It's really hard for me to muster up the energy to do anything even moderately active. I am likely never going to be a sunrise hike person. It's just not in my, not in my genes. I might see the sunrise when I stay up all night scrolling social media and (laughs) accidentally realize it's 6am Um, That'll catch the sunrise, but like an intentional sunrise person, that's not really me. And I know that, and I probably should stop following these people, but I still do. But I probably should at least just maybe just mute their stories. And that's a good thing to know, too, is like unfollowing versus muting. If you have like a relationship with someone who it would be awkward, where if you unfollowed them, but their stories or just general presence or making you feel shitty. If you feel anxious about conflict, listen to our previous episode. Listen to our episode <laughs> for sure, because that will solve yeah. all of your issues around conflict. Yeah. Um, but if you feel anxious about conflict, you can just mute people and not have to unfollow. I've done that with a couple friends whose 
presence on social media is just very anxiety inducing like people whose mm-hmm. personalities are always turned up to like a 13 and i'm just like this is too much personality for one post tone it down buddy <laughs> simmer down bud <laughs> yeah simmer I, down my dear friend um like i don't want to unfollow you because i don't dislike you but your social media presence makes me want to take a clonopin <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is this just fits in really well there was another quote in that article i had noted from a. Uh, I don't, I can't figure out the first name, uh, just says Vora, V-O-H-R-A. So I'm going to guess Vora is not the first name and the last <laughs> name of a psychologist, unless I, it is, in which is case, Is this your no handwriting or like, is this like you- No, no, I have the actual- this, You've carried this magazine with you so much and just it's just tattered to pieces. Like, So I have the article in front of me. It's just that my assumption is that this psychologist has been referenced earlier in the article, uh, but, okay. but it's just going like, and Vora noted. Um, okay. So I see. Right. So if so they're a listener. Name, Dr. Vora, Ms. And, Vora, nice, Mr. Yes, Vora. Okay. Let's go with so Dr. Vora. Dr. Vora notes that we're all our own curators and we've chosen to follow that individual, perhaps blinded by status, number of followers, or the allure of the blue tick. So the check mark that means someone's verified. So ultimately, we have the choice of who we follow and unfollow. I mean, there's people I'm connected with on social media that I'm like, really happy to be connected with. I mean, think about, I, I mean, I, I run a number of communities on Facebook, the Toronto Bloggers Collective, and a number of other things, which I'd like to think are net positive and, and making fe- people, you know, feel better about things. And, and we get to choose what, how we interact with those things. I mean, think about arguably the most net positive community on Facebook, uh, we're anxious about, you know, the the community we have for our, for our listeners, right? Exactly. Serving up memes and positivity sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's more just like a shared, like, it's just a, especially now that we don't have as, as much of an opportunity to be in shared social situations with yeah. others. Like we can find our little groups there and you just kind of stick to them. And I know just from going to social media conferences and speaking at some of them and so on and so forth, humble brag number three. Um, <laughs> I know that Facebook itself really is prioritizing putting groups first because those are yeah. places of connection. And I mean, our group, for example, and we're anxious about is, is, uh, is private, right? So that's just like, that's for us. And it's exciting. I, I think we only have like 25 members or something so far, but like, I'm kind of excited. But something which you guys won't see on your side is that Allison and I, Coming up with episode topics, and we've talked about this before, we often do, um, like, if you want to see a classic example of how we work, today I messaged Allison about what our topic was going to be, and I thought for half an hour about it and got back to her with a suggestion, which she decided was, she's like, that's a little bit heavy, and we decided last week already (laughs) on a topic. (laughs) And the only reason we had already decided on a topic was because I bailed on last week's recording because of said mm-hmm. bad week. So <laughs> that was the only reason we were ahead of schedule. So indeed, yeah. So that's and that's so that's our life. Yeah, we're really just rocking, rocking, being on top of things and organized. It's really just a well-oiled machine here. But we can, like, if you come to our safe and loving community, you can help us choose topics. Um, and you probably, if you've listened to 15 episodes, you'll know that we could talk about um, literally know, anything. Like Kleenex or like yeah. an eraser for 50, you know, for oh, an hour. I actually am a little bit anxious about erasers. Like, what if you're taking a Scantron test and you don't erase it all the way? True. Well, I guess there are certain connotations with erasers that make it unique, uh, uniquely more anxiety inducing. <laughs> I guess we could get anxious about anything. We could see. 
We could be. We're just versatile. We, we're very versatile. We are a dynamic duo yes. uh, when it comes to anxiety. So anywho, where do you want to take it from here? I just want to talk just a tiny bit more about influencers and how sometimes influencers can be a, like a really net positive. But mm-hmm. one thing that I have a really bad habit of doing that really triggers my anxiety is because I mean, and a lot of influencers are basically like my coworkers in the travel sphere. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there are people I follow to sort of be aware of what's going on in my industry and what other people are doing. But I, especially during this pandemic, I've seen a lot of shitty behavior and it really gets me like all worked up. You know, Americans violating travel restrictions yeah. to go travel around freely and have a hashtag Europe summer. And just, it really gets me worked up because one of my primary anxieties, like if you really force me to write down like my top five anxieties, one of my top anxieties would be people not following directions or rules of just like social decency and getting away with it and me not being Mm. able to do anything about it so it's kind Mm. of like a tripartite um anxiety but it's all let me just count it as one but i've seen that a lot just sort of this like indemnity of influencers and how they get away with like the craziest things because they create this little echo chamber for themselves and i don't know i've just seen at least three American travel bloggers who live in the States who aren't like expats. So they have like different rules where it would be a little different for them to travel because they follow different, you know, lockdown restrictions and have a different sort of like baseline level of risk. But I've seen a lot of people coming from like hot zones and just traveling through and just not caring. And it makes me really worked up and upset. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, why am I following these people if I know? And then there are even some people who I don't follow because I don't want to give them a pleasure of the fo- of a follow or like the benefit of having one extra follower, even though at this point it doesn't even matter. But I still will check on them just because I need to be like, I need to get mad about something today. And even though I know it'll like create this like, and I'm not like a troll, like I'm not going to actually say anything, but I just like to, you know, keep posted on like what these idiots are doing like i i just i just can't sometimes um yeah yeah there's some there's some real craziness happening on social media that i really just should not engage with but i do and it just makes me so anxious (laughs) yeah it's a bit of the wild west west right because there it's only really recently that there are all kinds of people who can manage to gain a platform, not necessarily for the right reasons, and then and then they're they're put in front of so many more people. I think about this. I think about a certain like a not necessarily a paradox, but a dichotomy uh, when I look at like who I want to be following, engaging with, and there's kind of like the, the the dichotomy I think about is the what balance are they striking between selling you something, yeah, and like empowering you, right? So right. there are a lot of people who are selling you something either literally, you know, like buy this, it'll make you happy, go here, it'll yeah. make you happy or whatever. Or they're selling, you know, an unattainable dream or an unattainable lifestyle or whatever. And for me, that's just anxiety inducing because mm-hmm. not only is that dream not attainable, but I know those people who are posting that stuff and most of them are secretly miserable. 
yeah. I've been on and there's so trips many with pyramid, sch- uh, pyramid schemes as well. But go on, sorry, I'll go on. Yeah, my no, no, not at all. Just, in a second. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. I, I just think about like when we're sometimes we're getting anxiety from looking at this like highly curated feed or brand of something which is, is not even real in the first place. And so I like to think about people like not necessarily even the the dichotomy being like the other side of that's empowerment, but the other side of that is just like authenticity and connection. So like, how do I connect with that person? For me, like I often connect with people who are vulnerable and humorous, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, I carry that into my brand, right? Like I'm genuinely excited about visiting new places when I go there or trying new things or, or whatever. But, you know, perhaps it's like, I'm going to try something new. Um, I don't know, like, a unique wine from a, from a family winery. Like I think about it as like, well, it's my job to talk about um, how they've grown the grapes and and who where this idea came from and prop up them. You know, use my channels to prop up somebody else and to to do that as opposed to what I see a lot of, which is just like we're here and we're the star of this show. Yeah, and look at us, 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 us. And uh, by the way, like. And sometimes like the photo has nothing to do with what they're writing about. They're like, we had the nicest day, like we met this family, that whatever. And then it's just them like half naked on the beach. And you're like, I don't yeah. understand how this relates. Yeah. Yeah. And there is just all these people selling you that you can have this life too as yeah. well. And like, but the thing is, is, you know, when you're in the industry, you know, you know, who's successful and you know, who's not. Mm-hmm. And you know that these people are only successful because they sell people the dream because you never see them, you know, on media trips or showing up on Google or showing up in Pinterest or any other places that are relevant from a business perspective. You only see them running ads on social media to get you to, you know, quit your life and live just in. like them. And that's a freaking pyramid scheme. And seeing that makes me so upset and there I think there's a lot of stuff on social media that is really just unchecked it's like a wild west in terms Mm -hmm. of I mean we saw it in a lot of elections including the 2016 election in the U.S. I I don't know what happened there I don't uh, I didn't know the result of that um yeah some (laughs) some orange turd named Donald Trump won it was kind of a big deal oh I didn't (laughs) hear about that (laughs) yeah it was unfortunate but like you know there's no regulation of a lot of these things and there's so many uh, like upsetting things that go on social media that you have to be really intentional about setting your own boundaries and like I've seen a lot of ads for like these detox teas which are basically like laxative teas but they're super triggering for anyone who has a history with eating disorders or body dysmorphia. And I see these like come up on like meme accounts, you know, like I don't follow like any like fitspo people because I know that that's bad for me. I'll subscribe to like these accounts selling, you know, um, just like delivering memes that that I think is all innocent. And then suddenly I'm getting all these like detox laxative tea ads and it's just really upsetting And I think it's really important to be mindful that while we don't want to shit all over social media as if we had just taken a detox tea, we also want to, (laughs) (laughs) we also have to acknowledge that there are a lot of things that happen on social media that are incredibly toxic, also like a detox tea. 
Exactly. <laughs> a, everything pretty pretty much that's the whole thing here. That's the subtitle. Yeah. Social media is a detox tea. It um, is. It is. And some of it, it does can more really harm help than you. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in certain and will circumstances, not make you thinner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in certain circumstances, if it's the right tea, it can be okay. And we all yeah. need a refresh. But yeah, it could I be think, a ginger tea. Ginger tea. Exactly. Ginger and ginseng. And it could be with with a with just the polite amount of lemon. That's also a <laughs> detox tea, but it's real. Yes. And not uh not somebody drinking lemon powder and being like, mmm. You know? Yeah, I just have so many things to say about yeah. that sort of thing, but I won't get into that too much, but I just want to acknowledge that, like, especially I'm really, as someone who had an eating disorder um, in my teens, I'm really glad that I didn't have to deal with social media in my tweet in my teens. Um, it just wasn't a thing. Like there was like live journal and like MySpace, and I was never, I, I never figured out Zonga or whatever, but even live journal was like an incredibly toxic place. If you chose the wrong communities, it could be a really uplifting place. And it could also be really toxic. There are all these like pro anorexia communities that was sort of like this like proto um, social media, like it was before social media, we had places like live journal communities and groups. And, you know, you could really get sucked into the wrong rabbit hole. And it could really negatively impact your life. It really negatively impacted mine when I was really young. So I just think it's important to be mindful of the communities we create. I know that um, specifically with like pro Anna website, like they've been a lot stricter on social media about that kind of stuff. So I don't think that is really allowed quite as much, but it's taken a different form in the form of just like these impossibly thin airbrush to perfection influencers, mm -hmm. these detox tea ads, it's insidious. It always changes because mm -hmm. capitalizing on people's self-image is always a really profitable venture. And mm -hmm. so I guess I just want to say that no social media platform is inherently good or evil, but you really need to be conscientious about community and be super willing to just hit that unsubscribe button or, unsub or unfollow button if something is triggering or toxic to you because that's the great thing about social media is that it's a place where you create your own community and so for me that's meant unplugging from instagram a little bit following a couple accounts that um, are nice palate cleansers some good dog accounts <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but primarily moving over to like reddit and facebook and um, facebook obviously isn't perfect i mean as a business, it's probably one of the most reprehensible of the social medias. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg yeah. is king twat number one. But um, <laughs> at the same, I was wondering how you were going to approach that. Yeah, yeah like, well, actually, no, Jeff Bezos might be king king twat number one. So he can share the crown, whatever. I think, um, I think we can just, can we just crown them the twat twins, maybe? The twat twins, be... yeah, exactly. But for me, Facebook... As much as it's become like a place where for most people, it's just like their racist uncle talking about how masks will give you 5G cancer. For me, Facebook <laughs> is kind of my sanctuary um, yeah. because Facebook is like it's my workplace in a way. I get a lot of business opportunities from there. 
I'm kept abreast of all the most recent changes in the industry, legal things I need to know, that sort of thing. It's like a, a source for information within my industry, but it's also my water cooler. It's where I, as an entrepreneur, can chat with my friends from all around the world. And as an expat who has not really integrated very well into her temporary home country, um, that's really important to me because I only have a couple friends in Bulgaria, one of whom I met via social media, actually, Stephanie, um, our mutual friend, uh, who's probably the reason why we're doing this podcast. Chris and I probably wouldn't be friends if I wasn't already friends with Stephanie. Maybe we would yeah. have met another way, but... Probably wouldn't um, be doing a podcast, but we'd be like sort of like loose acquaintances. Yeah. yeah, you'd be someone who I felt guilty for not keeping up with on your social channels, pretty much. I'd be like, yeah. oh, he was really nice. I met him at a conference once. Oh, we'll never talk again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for, for me, as someone living abroad, and Chris, I know you wanted to mention this as well for you, it can be really great for keeping community when you live abroad or even right now in these COVID times, I know that social media is really keeping a lot of people held together when they could be falling apart at the seams with all the stresses of quarantine. It's been really helpful having my friends just a quick social media zap away, you know? Mm -hmm. Those are really good points. And I think I often think of Facebook as like a bit of a buffet, you know, which probably aren't going to be happening too much in the future. But <laughs> yeah. But really, Don't want to eat I, at a buffet probably ever again. Probably not. But like, I think about after COVID ends and I think about how many things I still will never want to do because, like after COVID. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like I probably will never. I was, like, I was like, oh, maybe like a river cruise could be fun. I'm like, nope, nope. Floating germ barge. <laughs> Well, um, reeling it back from floating germ barge, um, <laughs> which was a great term. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I think uh, what I was going to say as relates to Facebook. Yeah, I, th I think it was a bit, like a bit like a buffet. Like you can, it kind of has everything, right? All under this somewhat suspecting umbrella. But you. Yeah. Including crab legs that might give you food poisoning. It, yeah, for sure. Those are there. But at the same time, too, there's also some aspects where it's like, you can go there and you can get what you need. You can get your sustenance from it. Like you can go there and get your chickpeas and your healthy stuff and your salmon and all that good stuff. But you could also choose to go there and battle it out with people. And I guess that would be the equivalent of just like eating poutine left to right and center. And oh like, oh my God, filling... don't talk about poutine. I want poutine so badly. It yeah, I guess I shouldn't have used heart. that. I shouldn't have used that as my bad example because yeah. I forgot how much you enjoy it. So let's it say it breaks um, my heart that you live somewhere where you can easily get poutine. Well, what about three-day-old hot dogs? Does that work better for a metaphor for yeah, like not okay. filling up? Yeah. Okay. So let's pretend I said that because Multiply now I want poutine. Hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So horribly boiled three-day-old hot dogs. You can also go to the buffet if you're like I don't know some psycho and just like and just eat a hundred of those, right? And I feel like that's. That's what I think of when I think of Facebook is like you can pick and choose what you want from it. Like I'm grateful I get to connect with my family on there. When I was living abroad, it was a pretty tumultuous time in Istanbul. And that's a way I was able to let like people en masse know that I was okay when, when something would go on. Um, I connect a lot with people on Messenger. It's like an easy to use platform to, to connect with people. But I think it's mostly just about um, being cognizant of how you're using different platforms. 
also was something that I was uh, reading about because we do research now was just uh, that, that <laughs> we're so me, professional, guys. Because we're so we professional. We even had a topic picked in advance, guys. This is For, this is some sure. top notch production. Which Chris definitely didn't forget about uh, yeah, this morning. Yeah, definitely not. So, no, definitely one hundred percent not. It was something that caught my eye because it was we're more and more stressing the fact that even just the term anxiety just doesn't possibly cover all the different ways in which people who carry that anxiety label may or may not feel. And so I might feel like, well, anxiety relates to social media like this or whatever. But this article was mentioning that actually there's a lot of people who have who have pretty severe social anxiety who may not be in a place where they're they're interested in having like being in person with people. And that social media can actually be a way that they can build back up to social interaction. Yeah. And so not as a replacement, not saying like, okay, well, I have social anxiety, so I'm going to hold myself up in a room for three years and be and be <laughs> social on, on platforms. But it is a way to work towards, it, it's some socializing. So that's, that's something like I, that, that I just wanted to highlight because it's like, I can only speak from my experience. And I, I know for sure that I've gotten a sense of community from, from social media, but I'm also cognizant of like, I don't, I make a point of not going on Instagram and scrolling endlessly. I go to the communities that I know support me and that I, I, I feel like are, are good for me in some regard, Yeah. but it's, you have to understand yourself a fair bit to understand what's good and what's bad for you as well. So I guess that, you know, something that I think about as being like really important to highlight from this episode is like, you can't be a passive intaker of information in any way in your life, but it's especially important for social media to curate what you're actually going to set your eyes upon. So, yeah. you know, unfollow those accounts that are bringing you those you know, poor emotions and, and figure out what is it that's bringing you down because it can be a great connector. And I respect everyone's approach to it. I have friends who would just swear off it. And if that's better for your mental health, I support that 100%. Just as long as it doesn't include our podcast. We're not social media. We're better. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we encourage you to make an exception and join our Facebook group. Yes. So we can keep growing. Uh, we are hoping to be at, I don't know, 30, 35 soon. So this could be, uh, you could be our 26th member and you'll be, you'll be valued. Showered you might even, with gifts. Exactly. You and might even get like with a. no tea, just for the, indeed, for, for legal gifts. purposes. <laughs> <laughs> and you might even get like a five paragraph welcome response from it. You won't oh. get any, any of this. You will get gifts though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, we did not, by the way, like I'm looking at the notes that I did have for this, we didn't intentionally set out to mention our Facebook group 16 times, but it has we happened. nailed it. <laughs> yeah, we nailed it. That's a great and, show, by the way. If you have anxiety and you need to just like kick back and relax, watch Nailed It. It's like the best show on Netflix. Just, I'm not even gonna gonna explain it. Just watch it. It's really, it's really soothing for the soul. Basically, huh. bad bakers try to bake, and Nicole Byer, who's a hilarious comedian, uh, hosts it. So that's very lovely. I love it. Well, sweet. I like that recommendation. Was there, as we kind of wrap it up, somehow? I don't know what. Does this episode feel like it went by way faster than other ones? Yeah, it did. It did. I was like, I wasn't sure we were going to be able to fill the time, but we did. We are nothing. Yeah. We are nothing if not time fillers, and <laughs> <laughs> we, lucky we you guys have plenty of time to listen to us. I guess. 
Uh, we are here to ease your commute. Uh, yes. They're back and there and back again. <laughs> yes. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to, like, I have some other things I wanted to touch upon. Go for it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, thank you. Uh, the, just really the one thing I was going to say was that if you are some uh, somebody who struggles with self-control, then then it can be difficult to deal with controlling your social media usage. But just know there are some apps for that. I think there's literally an app called Self-Control. There's an app there for are, that? There is. There is. Is that is an, an ad? Or like, what is that? What was I referencing there? It's just like in, my, in the back of my brain, there was like, I had to do that in that voice, but I don't know what I was referencing. Do you ever do that? Yeah, but I, I know, and I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. <laughs> if I don't you know, know join from. our Facebook group and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Chris will write you a five paragraph congratulatory essay. You have figured it out. What, where that's, there's an app for that's from. I don't know where it's from, but someone will help us. Please, please help us. <laughs> please help so, us. There's like 10, 10 apps that have the self-control function built into it. So you can basically designate app apps and websites that you would like to block. So you can say like, I don't want to be able to access that for two hours or three hours or whatever it is. Um, and that can be something that can help. Also the Pomodoro technique. So the Pomodoro technique is just this, it was basically like, uh, it was formulated from, I think a psychologist, but I'm not quite sure. But anyways. It was a tomato. It was formulated by a tomato. It was formulated by a tomato. Uh, that actually Pomodoro makes sense. means tomato in Italian. Yeah. Just in case so it, anyone. It came, <laughs> it came from those timers that you would have on when you were cooking that would like slowly go down, like tick, 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 tick whatever. And so he, this guy, I think his name is Pomodoro. Maybe it's just, is that maybe Pomodoro means tomato? I don't know. Or maybe um, it was a tomato shaped timer. I think that's what it might be. Yeah, I'm it was a tomato-shaped timer. I thought you were going to say tomato-shaped psychologist, so I'm happy you <laughs> went with timer. But anyways, the, the technique is that you basically work in segments of like 25 minutes on, 5 minutes off, 25 minutes on, 5 minutes off, 25 minutes on, 5 minutes off, and then it sort of adds up. You take a longer break a little bit later, but it just means you have these spurts of focus. So I mentioned the Pomodoro technique because that can be helpful if you're somebody who's prone to starting something and getting distracted and going on social media and things like that, that can be something which can be, would be helpful. Um, but really that the main thing there is just like, there are ways, sometimes we are like, as people not able to fully take control of things, we need to put measures in place. I know that like, for me, that's why I'm like pretty exhausted with the list that I create and the balance, like the checks and balances that make sure that I'm moving forward. And it's not because I'm like, obsessively anal about things it's because like if i don't do that then the alternative is i kind of can go off the rails so it's like there are apps which can allow you to take control of your phone so if you have problems with that you can look into that a little bit more those are really the things that i wanted to mention as it related to social media i'm anxious about aspects of social media because i'm anxious of acts like because there's a whole smattering of human behavior on there right and i'm anxious about like, you know, if I'm anxious about conflict, then you know I'm anxious about aspects of social media. So you'll find the whole gambit there. Uh, I guess even silence if you have no volume on uh, when you're checking things. <laughs> so it, it can relate to a lot of the things that we've spoken about in the past. But I guess I feel like if I didn't approach social media with a certain amount of intentionality, I would really have trouble not being anxious. But because I do and I've found my places that work for me. I'm okay. So I guess be intentional, think about what works for you and really take a second to think, you know, is this helpful for me? 
do I need to be a part of this community? You know, I had a friend the other day who was talking about how much she disliked this dog walking park community and how it was like a few people had stepped up and just like controlled the dialogue and stuff. And I just looked at her and I was like, so why are you a part of this community? And she was like, um, you know, and it's like, we can leave, we can leave these things that aren't, uh, that aren't going to benefit us. So yeah, you are um, not a hostage. Yes, exactly. Right. So, or, or don't have to be right. Like the, even I'm like, I feel like a hostage in some, not necessarily a hostage, but like I, I'm obliged in some regard to keep up a certain amount of social media stuff going on, but I have to make that work for me so that yeah. I don't go into a horrid tailspin and destroy all my relationships, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess that was a bit well, on the catastrophizing side of things. A little bit. A little, bit. A, a little aggressive? To, I had to try to tone you down there with my okay. just patronizing balance. Balance. <laughs> <laughs> We're a team. <laughs> uh, should we wrap it up here, Chris? Yes, I think we should wrap it up here. I need to scroll social media, so let's finish okay. this. Okay. <laughs> well, we got to make sure you're endlessly scrolling. So yeah. I guess the... The way that we always end is with the back padding and you at the beginning went through kind of like your recent um, struggles, but uh, now you can highlight perhaps something that you are patting yourself on the back for either for getting out of the struggles, pre-struggle, during struggle, or not related to struggle at all. Uh, Yeah, I guess it's been a real mix of off and on for me. What with chronic pain issues and also with um, just, you know, emotional ups and downs and situational ups and downs, like my dog being sick and just like having some really bad anxiety days, just physical anxiety, not so much even mental telespins, but just like that feeling in my body of just pure anxiety. So I've had a lot of rough days over the last um, week, week and a half since we recorded But I'm proud of myself that on the days where I did feel okay, I really got my shit together and kicked it in high gear. And I think that when we make to-do lists every day, we can often get super hung up on creating these like impossibly overachieving lists that are really hard to hit consistently. And... I've been working on not doing that so much. And, but there are days where I am actually really knocking it out of the park after having a couple down days. And I'm just glad that I've sort of recovered some energy on those days and just sort of redouble it and get what I would do, get what I would get done in three days, done in one sometimes. And, Also, one thing I have been um, trying to do, and I think I mentioned this on the last outro we recorded, but I'm trying to make my to-do list more of a manifest, more of a reflection of what I actually did in a day, rather than being so loftily ambitious that they just like instill massive anxiety in me. So I start with like, three self-care tasks that I need to do in the day, which are shower, meditate, and um, some sort of yoga or stretching. Are you meditating daily now? Um, Not daily, but like quasi-daily. Oh, this is the best. Let's say five out of seven. 
Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. So like I put those on my to-do list every day. And those are my three things that are like the supposed non-negotiables. And I don't put time limits or anything on them. I just put them on the list to like do, you know, because if I know if I put like 20 minute meditation, I just won't do it. Like if I just yeah. put meditation, I'll do it. Maybe I'll do a five minute one followed by another five minute one, you know, yeah, things like yeah, that. Sure. Or like if I write yoga one hour, I'm not going to do it. But if I write down yoga, I'll do however long feels good, even if it's 10 minutes or if it's an hour, whatever. Um, so I put down my non-negotiables and then like one or two things that maybe I really, really need to get done that day that are kind of small things. And then I add to it throughout the day rather than creating an insanely long list from the beginning of the day and trying to get through it. And reframing things like that has been like magical for my mental health. So I would say trying to take control of your to-do list a little bit, making sure that you can like and I'm turning this a bit into like advice corner and not like patting myself on the back corner, but whatever, we That's can okay. handle that. That's what we've been um, doing lately and it's been, people have enjoyed it actually. So. so I would say, make sure you put some self-care activities on your to-do list, not just like human robot productivity things. <laughs> and, um, and then maybe start with just one or two things on your to-do list that you actually truly, really, really, really need to get done that day. And then add things over the day and add things that you did successfully, even if it wasn't part of the plan. Like, hey, I walked the dog. I'll literally add things to my list and cross it out after I did it. Just so that at the end of the day, when I feel like I'm ready to turn off, I can celebrate myself, you know? And mm -hmm. so that's what I've been doing. I mean, I've had some days where I was just feeling too shitty to even open up the to-do list. So I just didn't even bother. But when I do try, it's been helpful. Nice. I like that. It's it's interesting to hear another person's approach because my, my approach is, is very much like the night before I write out my list on the whiteboard, which is beside me. And, and there are pros and cons to that. I find that I'm just a little bit better at keeping that list a little bit shorter, especially in the summertime. And, uh, and I guess I will just trans transition that into what I'm feeling a little bit better about or patting myself on the back for is like, uh, actually not, uh, feeling shame or hating myself or spending time outside and not working all the time. There's like, it's a really, it's something really re real for me that I like, I, you know, I find it hard to strike a balance sometimes because there's one side of me that's like work all the time, you know, get to your goals. And there's another side of me that's like, you need to take a break in order to get, you know, be your best self to do these goals and stuff. And then there's that kind of third part of me, which is just like, you know, it's okay to do things which don't have some overarching bearing on your success and your, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like you can go for a swim um, and be outside, not because that counts as exercise, which you're going to track, but because it's enjoyable to swim and we all need to be happy. Yeah. So I think I've become a lot better as of late of figuring out what I need out of life. And I've zeroed it in on two things, which are people and purpose. And that's about it. You know, I just need good people who I care about and love. I'm blessed to have a lot of those people and I need purpose and I keep it ambiguous because I think it's dangerous to say that, uh, to make it too outcome based, right? Like I'm yeah. doing my best right now. I feel fired up to be doing a lot of different things, including this podcast. And so 
I'm trying to, you know, I, I know I won't be able to shake those long lists and everything like that, but I feel like if all of those other things I'm doing to keep myself in check, all the tracking I'm doing, all of that, if it's all under the pretty kind of soft and kind umbrella of people and purpose, I think that helps me uh, be mindful of what actually matters to me at this time. And I'm pretty grateful, actually, that this this whole time where I've kind of had to been broken down and build myself back up, I feel like I'm going to be better prepared moving forward. So hopefully other people feel that way as well. But in the times of overwhelm, and I would put that as as recently as like two weeks ago for me, where I felt kind of like lost, I kind of felt like, am I waking up every day with some purpose? And do I have people around me that I care about? I think that's probably enough. You know, I can't ask for that much more course you know you just hope to be healthy and the health of your family and friends and all that kind of stuff as well especially during this time but simplifying things down was helpful for me so i'll pat myself on the back for and realistically if i want to make this like even more meta and tie an even bigger bigger circle around it probably not coming to those kinds of realizations if i didn't give myself space to think in the first place so nice and i think you should also pat yourself on the back for coming up with a killer campaign slogan if you ever decide to be like the next canadian obama oh. people and purpose oh i like it nice yeah so okay if you if you become a politician i get royalties now that's how politics works right oh it is how politics work yes yeah, i so think that's actually uh, just called bribes Yes, yes, which <laughs> so what's going to happen is you're going to just fill the coffers of my bank account uh, during the campaign, and then I will pay you back by giving you Canadian citizenship. Um, that as well sounds as an, delightful. I've been, about, supply. I've been thinking about how I just want to have like a little house in like British Columbia, yeah, and you could do um, what so did you, you call them? A really successful politician because okay, BC, what did you call them? Three periods of hockey or something? No, you didn't say three period, periods. You like three the, hockey periods? Yeah, yeah. You said something like that, so you're already getting there. So yeah. when you, by the time you get here, you'll be ready to go. Um, and then we'll, I think, I'll put move forward with uh, with my campaign. So Perfect. I'll expect support from all listeners uh, <laughs> during that time period. People I'll let and you know. Purpose. People and purpose. I'm thinking that'll be episode, like, what do you think? Like episode around episode 650 or so when I'm going yeah. for prime minister? Yeah, I think okay. so. Move so over Trudeau, episode... although you probably still won't be there uh, around yes. episode 650. Unless, <laughs> so unless episode, something on... quite drastic has happened in Canada. <laughs> yeah, so we're at episode 14. Um, so, you know, that's give or take... I don't think I'll be prime minister in like seven and a half years, but uh, we'll see. People if, purpose, under, under the people on purpose, people on purpose banner, who can tell what can be accomplished? You could at least be mayor of Toronto. I mean, you don't do cocaine, which is a plus over your <laughs> former mayor. That is a, that's true. Actually, that was crack. Um, so even. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. So, and I also, I was going to say, I should also clarify, I don't do crack. Uh, that would be important uh, to mention. Um, I'm just anyways. proud of myself whenever I know anything about Canada because, you know. Because Americans. you know so little about my homeland. <laughs> <laughs> no, but because Americans just tend to not know much about anything. So I'm like, I know a fact. I know <laughs> a geographical fact. 
I'm surprised you even knew we had a prime minister. So, and that's no disrespect to you. I just know that a lot of people are like, so what does your president say? You know what confuses <laughs> me though is when places have both a prime minister and a president. I'm like, no, you don't get two. You get one and that's it. Like, it's okay if you have a prime minister and a king. I get that. But if you have a prime minister and a president, like, why? What, what, what's the difference? What do, they, what do they do? Yeah, you can't use kilometers and miles, okay? You yeah, choose one. exactly. Choose one. <laughs> Signed, well, a confused American. Speaking of choosing, I would like to thank everyone for choosing to listen to our podcast today. Great transition. And- Thank you. Thank you very saying, much. Speaking of choosing, I am choosing to terminate this this call with you, Allison. <laughs> you are deranged and no longer a successful podcast host. <laughs> and good day. I formally end this agreement. Uh, no, no, I don't. It continues because we've got 635 more episodes to go before my prime minister run. So we hope everyone will tune in till then. And uh, thank you guys, everyone, for tuning in today. Probably a bit more of like a serious tone to this one because we we're both hyper passionate about it. But I hope you enjoyed it. And there's lots of actionable takeaways. I will stop talking now so Allison can say goodbye as well. Goodbye. Goodbye.